Good afternoon, everyone out there. Yes, Mike Ashley, you just got your text. We are going live. Uh, you should see us now, hopefully soon, <laughs> coming live right now. A little later so, start, right? Yes. Uh, we were waiting a little bit. I uh, can't spoil too much. I don't want to go out there, but we did have a special guest lined up that uh, was going to jump in on us on the show here uh, for a split second with us. Fell through. We were kind of iffy of things with the line out. That's why we didn't say anything throughout the week. Hey, special guest. But we, we were trying to work something out. We had somebody that was going to be able to come. But uh, things did not work out on their scheduling to free up where we thought. So that's why we were a little bit behind. We were trying to just delay a little bit to see if it could coordinate perfectly on that. Well, the cards were not lining up in our favors this time. We had to fold. So you fans out there that are going to tune in and watch and listen to us on this episode, we appreciate you all because – you all are true fans and are actually here to listen to me and Mark, not who we always have on the show. So uh, we appreciate you guys. Let's be honest. They, they want they want to see the, the, the stars as well to join us. <laughs> I mean, that's the only reason why they're here. But we'll see how many actually join us this time on this episode because it is just the Lawson brothers. So uh, we're sorry. I feel like we failed you guys by not having a guest on here. Like, you know, we're only, I think, seven or eight episodes in. But it's quite crazy that we've had so many good guests constantly. So uh, I feel like it really we, is. Like I mean, it's it's hard to believe that. High for us. Yeah, we we've set the bar high right off the rip. Now we do have some folks that we are talking to. We're kind of trying to get different folks lined up. Um, Want to get the Smith brothers on at some point from Corbin. I'm hoping. Uh, I'm you know talking to different people. Um, and I just like talking to different people from around the region, just some of the players that play in different areas. Just, uh, I'm, I've been talking to different ones, just saying, Hey, you know, would this be something that would interest you? You know, as we get closer to basketball season, may have some of these uh, 13th region basketball players come on here and talk about their upcoming season. Um, just showcasing anyone we can, you know, that, that's what we want to do. It's, it's not about us. We just, we just want to talk about UK. And honestly, like, the, there's a reason why I usually try to say Kentucky sports on this is because, you know, we don't just talk football. We don't just talk basketball. Well, we've talked uh, baseball quite a bit on here with the Reds and different things. You know, we're going to talk women's sports as well, but we also want to just talk bluegrass sports, you know, <laughs> Kentucky. Uh, we had Trent on here from Harlan County high school already and talked with him about everything uh, in his recruiting, which shout out Trent seeing that he dropped something, uh, what's up, Johnny? Thanks for joining us. As always, he's our number one fan, I think. We appreciate Yeah, I enjoy you seeing Johnny jump in here. But uh, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, Trent on his Instagram, he dropped, I think, eight schools, uh, his top eight right now. So I think he's narrowed his list down a little bit. On what yeah, he's, he's actually do. going on a visit this weekend. Uh, okay. I think he may already be headed that way. I think he's going to be visiting South Carolina this weekend. So um, oh, I know that was coming up. So. I got you now. That makes sense now. Why is that? What When I was saying about her – uh, someone coming on here earlier and you said, well, he's Trent's going to South Carolina. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, but you meant his, his visit there. Okay. Now yeah. that makes sense to me. Okay. Yeah, he's going on his visit. But uh, yeah, because, you know, what's crazy with sports now compared to when we were young and no gray in our beards, there's this NIL. And we love to get uh, people on here just to help promote your names in any form of fashion because the N in that is name likeness. I think it is an identification. How does it? Name, I, I honestly, I don't know what it stands for. So, uh, anyway, Name, image, likeness, probably. Yeah, image, that's it. So, I mean, if we can get you a couple more likes from Cat's Chat Pod, we'd love to help you out. 
Uh, What I was going to talk about, hopefully, our next week's guest is we're trying to flip them from another show that (laughs) ours pun on that because, you know, they were just uh, committed to Michigan of actually uh, we've made quite a few connections there that should be getting to them. Hopefully next week we can get them on here. Uh, The twins, uh, four star recruits committed to uh, Michigan now, of course, in Corbin playing high school football. And Heck of now, a game against Frederick Douglass on Friday night. I mean, that really? was a that was a I battle. Yeah, and I didn't realize it's talking to a guy. Sorry, guys, I'm gonna be coughing a lot. <clears throat> but I think there were seven D1 scholarship athletes that played in that game that were seniors. Yeah, I know Frederick Douglass actually has a, a young man that's going to Arkansas. They have um, an offensive lineman, I think, going to Purdue. Uh, and several others. So now the offensive lineman, he goes. I'm pretty sure I don't know his name yet, but uh, he goes to Corbin because I was talking to a gentleman that's got some connection with Corbin's, and I asked him. I said, you know, because Coach Morrow was at the game, and that's one reason why the brothers uh, flipped. And I asked. I said, you know, is is there any chance that Purdue lineman that goes to Corbin too? Like, are the the twins going to be talking with him? He said, honestly, while Coach was there, that he offered him. So there's being some rumors of a push. For, <coughs> I'm sorry, guys, that offensive lineman, uh, there could be hopes of a flop on that one as well. If not, I'm not breaking anything here, but because I know when it comes to recruiting that whole nine yards, I do not want to be one that slips up and says something stupid that gets someone in trouble. But uh, I think it'd be great some of these uh, Corbin guys representing Kentucky moving on. And I found something. What was awesome about that, you know, you said Coach Mara was down there at Corbin watching that game. They actually offered Eli Petrowski. Uh, received an offer from UK. Oh yeah, um, that around that same time, and I'm pretty sure he's just a sophomore, maybe. Really, he's a sophomore, junior. But I tell you what, I remember that young man just from basketball. Uh, he's just an athlete, you know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. one thing about Corbin Athletics that you see a lot. They have a lot of athletes, and and they it, it transitions from one sport to another, and mm-hmm. they pretty much all together play about every sport. You know, I think you know I was talking to somebody i said you know i I teach at harlan county high school and i believe last year in every tournament that we played in corbin eliminated us oh yeah i mean i'm talking baseball basketball football and that was last year and i was like man that's tough Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you know they have a good program when you have all that going on absolutely i'm trying to look i seen something i want to say it was on facebook i might have shared it with our cat shats pod facebook page shout out that go follow it but uh the top five kentucky in-state Kentucky high school seniors have committed and will be representing uh, Kentucky football, UK, next year. And that's pretty awesome to be saying. And, of course, you know, shout out episode two on our podcast. Go listen to that. Where we did have Coach Morrow on our show, he alluded to how they wanted to start in-state to build a culture with Kentucky and move it out. Uh, one thing I mentioned, there was a uh, tight end uh, a few years back that was our uh, number one recruit in, in Kentucky that I never heard of. And he had signed with uh, – committed to Notre Dame. And I'm like, how does someone that talented get out to <laughs> go to Notre Dame? And he you know, was talking about how they're really making a push for Kentucky football. So they're making the noise, that's for sure. And I love yeah, to I tell see. You what, I, was, I was interested in seeing that the young man, the wide receiver, the four-star, Hardly Gilmore. Um, he looks like he's going to be a heck of a receiver – and they were able to, he committed to Kentucky. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, awesome on that. Fred, Frederick Douglass, I think, has a few more younger guys that are going to be committing somewhere to a D1 getting offers. But I think that there were at least seven to nine players that have already committed 
two D one that played in that Corbin Frederick Douglas game. So that's pretty cool. And that uh, field for the very first game for Corbin looked phenomenal. What I've seen on TV on different uh, highlights, uh, social medias and stuff. I believe it was the very first game they played on that field. Uh, got it ready for that field or for that game. So it's great to see Kentucky football. <laughs> Getting some local players. Sounds like you're going to cough just as much as I am. Yeah, I think allergies are getting everybody this time of year. It's one of those things, you know, the seasons are changing, and uh, I think the allergies are starting to get to everybody. So speaking of changing, I guess we can go ahead and change into one of our main topics, which is what we wanted to talk about most is our Kentucky, and I'm going to try my best not to say what I call them and and be more professional and say, I, I don't know which one's right now, Akron, right? Akron, yes. Because to me, it's Akron. But uh, the Kentucky-Akron uh, football game. Mark, how much of it did you get to actually watch, sit down and look at it? And was you impressed? What? Let me let me just hear some of your thoughts. And, of course, we'll get into our solid player of the game in just a moment. I, I didn't get to watch all of it because, you know, a lot of times I'm busy on Saturdays. I have different stuff going on. I actually was able to play music for a walk to recovery uh, this past weekend, which is, I, I think is awesome, something that they do. Um but I did. I do want to say I, I feel like they overall they played well. The defense has just been stepping up every game. I mean, if you're a, a defense that can only give up three points in a game, you're doing something special, right? I mean, and I know people are going, yeah, but you're playing Akron, but it's still a D1 school, correct? So it's one of those things. I feel like um, we still have room for growth. Let's just be honest, uh, especially on the offensive side. I feel like the connection's starting to get there a little more between QB and wide receivers. Uh, you know, he threw for three TDs, uh, one interception. But uh, we had a little trouble running the ball on the get-go. Akron really kind of packed the box and made it hard to run the ball. But I feel like overall we made adjustments we need to make and we, we put the ball in the end zone. I think you're muted, Michael, if you're talking right now. <laughs> All right. I had to cough. I apologize. The first half, you know, it, it ended 14 nothing in the first half, which uh, I think for a lot of us fans, we're a little disappointed. I, we felt like it was going to be a higher scoring. Of course, I said 42-18. You said 56-21, I think. Oh, thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, I, I really feel like we were going to – I think we all felt like we were going to put up more points than what we did. But, I mean, we still – five TDs, okay. that's not a bad day. Right. But, you know, there was a lot of mishaps and errors. I think, in the beginning of the half. i got to get that cough drop in my system. Sorry, guys. And uh, kinks, I'm just going to say. Because, you know, <clears throat> one thing I kept saying before the EKU game is uh, Stoops on his uh, Stoops show was saying that they didn't have that many reps on the offense. And they are worried about the conditioning of them. And, of course, that went through the EKU game. So, I mean, we're still – Struggling with that a little bit as far as what we're doing and, and our, our connections. Uh, you know, I got a haircut today. Uh, shout out uh, Bushwhackers here in Harlan. Uh, did a wonderful job looking at this fresh cut and talking with him a little bit. And he actually was saying, you know, Leary's been out for a solid year. And people really think like he should come out and be a, a Heisman Trophy candidate. Yeah. I, mean, I, was, I was like, I didn't really think about that. But we, we really are putting a lot of pressure on this quarterback who made some really nice over-the-top, over-the-shoulder throws and some nice precision passing. Now, he did make some bad choices, stay in the pocket quite a bit a few times. But this guy is still rusty. I mean, he's got technically three games under his belt. 
in two years now, but he's still working out some kinks because, I mean, he's in the SEC. It's a new system for him, yep. and it's about to get even harder for him. So I think we need to cut him a little bit of slack. And, you know, Cohen, he had his uh, health issue. I was going to say spill, but I don't want to sound any disrespectful on what went on because we don't know what went on. And uh, out of respect to the family, we don't need to know what went on. That's that's his business. It's fine. Glad he's okay. Glad he's healthy. Uh, it sounds like for week four, he's going to be back in the booth calling the plays uh, again for offense. And I think our play calling looked a little bit better than in previous games. I don't know having him in the booth is going to be better. I don't know if he can see better from up there to see what they're doing to make that counter reaction. But we had uh, more spatial, I think, with our wide, wide receivers uh, as far as uh, passing the ball around. Uh, our routes as well. It didn't seem clogged together. You know, it seems in times past it's been uh, middle screens or bootleg something where everyone's still running the same direction. We're seeing a more pro offense uh, with Leary, not that Levis didn't do it, but I'm just saying like they're getting a little more comfortable, I think, in what they're doing. Uh, there was a – I think the interception Leary threw – who was it? I think it was Key. Uh, it looked like he ran a 10 and out, just a, a hook, basically. But uh, Leary threw it, a 10 and in hook. So it was just miscommunication, went straight to the DB right there. You know, even uh, Key turned around, threw his hands up, was like, what was going on on that throw? So just misreads together. So if we could clean those up, I'm hoping we'll be okay. Like, I'm hoping in, in a situation play. like that, too, though, you don't you don't know if that's quarterback error or wide receiver error. Right. You don't. That's and one of those don't. things. We don't know what the play was. And and that's one thing, you know, Leary's been spreading the ball out. That's one thing I do like. He's not really found a favorite target. I mean, you had Ray Davis had three receptions. Jordan Dingle had four. Tavion Robinson had five. Josh Caddis had two. Uh, Barry and Brown had two. So he's spreading the ball out. One thing I, I don't like is I don't see Dane Key's name on that list. And like you said, that one play that was kind of key toward him. And you almost wonder maybe was that – did Key run the wrong route? Or it's it's just – like I said, they're learning to play together. It's it's kind of like growing pains. Like you said, he's been out a year. It's, it's going to take some while to knock the cobwebs off, if you know what I mean. It's just – and I don't feel like he's played horrible overall. That one play where it looked like they had him sacked. I mean, it was amazing. The now fact you see that play. Yeah, it was amazing the way he broke free of that play. That's I actually missed it when it was live, and I went back and watched it. But it amazed me the way he was able to still get the ball off uh, and that little screen route and just got it in Davis's hands, and Davis did the rest. Davis had more receiving yards than he did rushing yards. He had three receptions for 97 yards, and then he had seven carries for 72 yards. And that's still a 10.3 yards per carry average. Um, you know, we were talking about, but the running game kind of got stymied in that first half a little bit. And I feel like, you know, we kind of wore them down as the game went on. And that's a lot of people don't realize how much conditioning plays in to college sports. I mean, if you get a team that's conditioned and they can wear down a line and, uh, and, and that's across the board, that's even in high school. Uh, you get a team that can wear down the other offensive or defensive line things start happening and you'll see some of those stats start climbing there in the second half. Um, you know, you even have McLean. Uh, he had 23 yards. You had Sumo with 58 yards uh, rushing. Um, the only person with negative yards was Leary. Um, then you had one that was a team negative yard. Uh, that was, I think it was a botch snap maybe. Uh, yes, that was the uh, uh... – 
Jagger Burton uh, long snap in basically over his head there. Yeah. So, I think that's what we're calling that. It's, it's, I mean, so that they call that a team loss in that case okay. is what they do, and it just goes down. It takes off from your overall total, total yardage. I right. mean, you take that off there. We had a – without that play, we had 156 yards on the ground. Average 6.1 yards per carry. So, it you know, on paper it looks like you had a pretty good running game. Mm-hmm. But we know in the first half it was it was a struggle getting going. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, I hate to be a downy Debbie Downer, I guess, but I feel like that the big blue wall is really what's holding us back offensively. Uh, you know, Leary, he was only sacked one time, lost uh, or ran for three rushes for a, a negative 12 yards on that. So, whatever you call is a run or a sack there. That's fine. And it was most likely a sack where like pass protection broke down. And that once again, do you fault the line there? Did he hold the ball too long? Did he not get out of the pocket? You know, he's going to have to be a little more. You know, was uh, Jagger's long snap over the, the, the center's snap over the quarterback that went like 15 yards. That was on the first half of drive where we should have punched it in. Yep. We're having those miscues, uh, misassignments as far as communication. And I feel like, you know, our bread and butter has been that blue wall that we talk about, the big blue wall. And uh, even Lear's talking about, you know, that's the, his biggest relationship is them. He trusts them and everything. And I'm not, again, I'm not trying to be negative Nancy here, but the big blue wall might need to make sure that they are on the right pages on what's going on and everything. And well, I and think they- if our line can, get it together, we're going to be okay. Well, and you so, got to remember, you're missing one of your studs off that line and Horsey. I mean, he's, right. he's out right now. I'm hoping he'll be back soon. I've not heard any updates here recently, but so you're we missing. We lost two for the year as well before yep. season started. Yeah, we so, have one that was transferred from Ohio State. Chris and, Brooks, I think. Uh, so, I mean, we've, we've, we've took some hits there. And, you know, so injuries have played. They played a little part in the opening part of the season, but – so you're getting new people into positions. And that's one thing a lot of people don't understand too. Like if you've been practicing with a certain set of people uh, and you've been running these plays over and over and over, and then all of a sudden one of them gets injured in practice and somebody else has to come in, um, it can change the the whole dynamic, you know. Yeah. And even the reassignments or, or realignments. Sometimes, you know, you'll pull your left guard over to the right side and even the footwork and what you have to do is different from on that side and the reads are different. So – <laughs> it takes a little bit of a learning curve. So, I mean. And, you know, like like Trevin said, they're going to be watching film. They're going to be trying to fix the things that need to be fixed. That's, that's what you're looking for right now early in the season. You're not really looking for those high points. You're looking for those things that you need to polish, things you need to clean up. And, uh, and I mean, it's amazing what you can see when you go back and watch actual game film on, like, huddle or whatever. You can see the players that aren't putting forth the full effort. You can see the players that are busting their tail. Um you know, on every play. So it's things they're going to clean up as they go on. Like, you know, a lot of people, I've seen a lot of negative talk about this team. I mean, you're starting three and oh though. And yes, I, I get that you're not starting against like elite competition, but you're still playing division one football players and to get a scholarship to division one football. I mean, you got to be a pretty good athlete. So it's not like they're just going out there playing like some random like NAI team, and that's nothing against the NAI because they have some heck heck of college athletes as well. But I'm just saying, people got to quit looking at oh well this game 
I think it was who, who was it we played before Akron? Was it uh wasn't Ball State? EKU. Was it then it was Akron? Was there were they the ones that got beat by Cincinnati so bad? I think so. Or that was no, it was EKU. They played Cincinnati in the first game and they got absolutely thumped. And a lot of people were saying, oh, well, you know, Cincinnati put up 66 points. That was also the first game of the season for EKU. Right. They probably went to the film room. They adjusted some things, and they they got McKinney out in space or, you know, got him some better pass protection because mm-hmm. he's a good quarterback. And, and it's things like that that you're going to clean up as the year goes on. And, like, I think our – you know, we, we started SEC play this weekend. We got Vandy coming. Uh, or, actually, we go to Vandy this weekend. So, um your first SEC game, it's going to be a road game. I want to see if we step up and how, you know, how we respond. I want to see if we come out of the gate fresh. What I can't figure out, and I'm not in the huddles, I'm not in practice or anything like that. <clears throat> but, but, sorry, that was a loud cough. Davis, who had over 72 rushing, of course, he broke two out at the end of the fourth quarter, basically for 30s and 40s yards, it seemed like. One was a pass, though. So, some of those yards makes the stat looks a little crazy, but he only rushed like a passing yards. Right, yeah. but uh, he only rushed seven times. Like you know, Kentucky. I don't know. It just it's it's crazy to me because Sumo, you know, he didn't rush too many in the front first half either. It was more in the second half, and he only rushed four times. McLean rushed three times, Jefferson two, uh, and then Brown uh, one time, and the other are the quarterbacks. So, roughly, my math here, that is 14, 15. I mean, roughly 16, 17 times. Were there were, there were actually 22 rushes. Okay, 22 rushes. And see, I took off some before the quarterbacks. Okay. But, like, we're usually a team that's running the ball heavily in the 20s. What's going on here? We're not getting, we're not converting our third downs in crucial times, I don't think. We're having long third downs. That's, that's something we're going to have to work on. Entering it. But, I mean, Leary didn't have a bad game. It's just those crucial plays is what we weren't converting on. Let me say it that way, I guess. And I think that's where our fans right now that are coming at us a little bit negative. Trust me, your your comments, we understand, and we can agree some extent to it because Akron had the time of possession of almost 35 minutes. There are 25. Uh, Total yards, of course, we, we killed them on that part. I mean, we had the bigger plays and, and everything with that, but I'm trying to look at it. Don't say third down converted. But, you know, they had 16 first downs. We had 18 first downs. So, I mean, I think at one point we were like three of 12 from third down conversions. I could be wrong. I might be mixing up my stats here with a different game. But that's just my opinion when it's that crucial third down. And, of course, there's so many of them that we've got to have it at least four and shorter yardage that we've got to convert to keep those drives going. Well, yeah, we'll go to this SEC and those keep those drives going. So everything that's happened, okay, I'm happy. We're three and oh, we've scored big. We've actually put up quite a bit of points, actually. It's not been the prettiest, but we're doing okay. Uh, there was a stat, I'm going to try to look at it. I can't remember where I seen it at, but it was talking about how well our offense had been playing, honestly. Well, uh, one thing that that I wanted to touch on is, you know, you the time of the time of possession was a big deal there in that game mm-hmm. because, you know, you were saying we only rushed the ball twenty some twenty odd times, but we only threw the ball twenty six times. 
So it was still a pretty balanced attack as far as that, but we had some crucial mistakes. You know what I mean? We, uh, you know, we came out and we scored that opening drive touchdown, took a seven plays, 75 yards, started off really good. And then we held them to a three and out, put our offense right back on the field. But then we had a three and out. And in that drive, we only, um, I mean, we only, I think we got negative three yards overall in that, in that drive. Uh, the next possession, I think we punted again in three and out. Then we had six plays and we fumbled. I think that was when we uh, fumbled on the long pass completion. That was the one uh, Jordan Dingle was hit for 59 yards and he was just battling down the field. And it's one of the things you can't really fault him. He was, he was just battling and battling. And someone came in and punched it out. It's going to happen from time to time, but they recovered it. And that, that killed that drive. Then we caused them to miss a field goal. Then you look back, we come back and score a touchdown off that momentum. It seems like anytime we have a big play though, we, we do build off that momentum. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, you know, the missed field goal, we turn it into a touchdown. That's how the half ended. Uh, then we came out there, you know, Akron got the ball first, but when we got it back, we, uh, threw an interception after five plays. And that's the interception you were talking about. Um, you were also talking about, uh, there was another fumble, if I'm not mistaken, uh, later on somewhere. Was um, it the fumble snap? They had Robinson down for a fumble, Tavion Robinson. I don't remember that one. I don't remember it killing a drive because we then scored, you know, they scored a field goal, we scored, and then they punted, we scored again, then they punted, then they missed the field goal. Um, maybe it was – maybe he tried to pick up the ball that Dingle had and he never I, – I don't know. But they had us down for two fumbles. And that's one thing we're going to have to be careful with, just protect the football because um, that will kill a drive in a heartbeat. I mean, you know, we were looking good. Matter. Yeah, well, and I mean, that pass to Dingle is, you know, a beautiful play. It's just one of those things I thought maybe, like, he, he was dragging the one guy, but he was holding him up long enough to let other players get in there. You know what I mean? So right. just uh, – but Dingle's a he's, – he's a large man. So <laughs> he was just trying to fight for those extra yardage. So I'm not going to fault a kid for that. I mean, it was a heck of an effort. Uh, good job by the defense of Akron to punch it out. But um, just little things like that. We're going to clean up as we go on. Um, I think we're going to be ready for Vandy coming in. I think last week also, you know, with what happened to Coach Cohen, just all that, everything Mm -hmm. surrounded that probably was in their heads as well. I know he was at the stadium. You know, he was there in the press box, like you said, calling plays from up high. But I I think all that, it was just kind of a whirlwind of a week for him. So, we're going to look – Let's see how they re, they re start out the game at Vandy. I found my graphic that I want to bring up here, or at least talk about. It's uh, on Kentucky Sports Radio. Shout out Kentucky Sports Radio. We're waiting for a contract where we can agree and be a part of you guys. But uh, through three weeks, 775 points per play. I'm sorry, points, 775 points per play. Yeah. Ranks up number one in the SEC. yards per play has a second in the SEC. 5.63 rushing yards per carry, number one in the SEC. 11.3 points allowed per game. We're second in the SEC. And 71 rushing yards allowed per game, second in the SEC. So So, we're doing some big things right now. Stat-wise, as a whole – we're doing okay. Now, again, you know, it's weighted as far as some of the players or teams that we're playing. I understand that. 
we're just having some small minor mishaps, hiccups, miscues, that if we straighten those up, it turns it around. So with some of those last things being mentioned, Mark, I'd like to go ahead and bring in or talk about our uh, SNL concrete solid player of the game, if you don't care. Uh, yes, I'm going to allude back to this. 11.3 points allowed per game and then 71 rushing yards allowed per game as far as the past three games. Uh, the player or the solid player of the game, it was hard to give it to just one person on this. But let me go ahead and bring up my screen while we talk about this. Mark, I'll let you kind of bring it up. Well, there you know, when, we, when we were talking it over, you know, I told you, I said, you know, nothing really. I said, if we we're going to go offensive, you would almost have to give it to um, Ray Davis because he had, you know, 70 some rushing yards, 90 some receiving yards. But, you know, when I got to thinking about our defense, you know, we're playing a division one team. We had 68 tackles total. Um, we had seven uh, tackles for losses in that game. We had five sacks in that game. So, I mean, I, I just said I feel like our SNL concrete player of the game is going to have to be players of the game because I think we're going to have to give it to the defense. Mm -hmm. uh, you got different players out there just playing great right now. You got Hairston, Wallace, Thrower, Dunn, Rayner. All these guys are just having great games. Um, Wallace, I said we kind of got to give him a special mention. You know, Trevin, he, he came on uh, last show. Was it last show? I think it was. Yeah, last show. So he was on our last show, and he he came out. He had two sacks in that game. So got to give him props there. I mean, he just had a heck of a game. So um, I just wanted to give it to the whole defense in general, just with the honorable mention there to Trevin Wallace, because I said the two sacks, he just applies. His speed allows him to apply so much pressure to the quarterback. Uh, I think a lot of people don't appreciate it for what it is. It's just it's special when you got a player with that kind of speed playing at that inside linebacker position because man, they can shoot those gaps. And like he said, it's you got your defensive line, you got those big guys up there like Oxidine, different people that are clearing the way for him. Because if they can pinch off one of those blockers, it gives him that gap. And and they do a good job working together doing that, putting the pressure on the quarterback. So. I do got to give uh, the whole defense, you know, our solid players of the game here. Uh, we appreciate Jason Hill uh, sponsoring this. Uh, if you ever need concrete, guys, he does sidewalks, driveways, garage floors, patios. He does it all. And he's not only that, he's a great guy. So make yep. sure to reach out to him at 273-1144. We appreciate yep. him sponsoring this. Absolutely. Jason Hill with SNL Concrete. I saw the player of the game, of course, is the defense with an asterisk for uh, Trevin Wallace. Jason has, I think, 20 years of total concrete experience, and he is serving eastern Kentucky, parts of Tennessee, and West Virginia as well. But uh, I have to at least say this before I move on from this, Mark. I was sitting there talking to my, my children while I was watching the game. It's like, all right, guys, look, there's number 32. That's Mr. Wallace. He came on the show last week. They're like, what? What are you talking about? I'm like, you know, Trevin was on the show. You know, he's he's number 32, and they're trying to find him. And it just so happened that's the play that uh, he slipped through the – I want to say it was the the, the tackle on the guard and uh, got the sack there. Like, he did a little hesitation, got in there. It's like, oh, look, listen, they're going to say his name. Like, Wallace with the sack. And my son, Micah, turned right at me and looked me dead in the eye, serious as can be. He said, can you call him right now? Let him know that you heard his name on TV. <laughs> Uh, he's going to be hearing his name for a while, I do believe. I was like, Micah. He's making plays like that. Yes, he was on our show. No, I don't have his personal cell phone number. I apologize. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it was quite comical when he said that. And uh, 
need to say the darnest things, but congratulations to the defense because they're really our glue right now. Uh, they're locking down uh, corners or, or knocking down. Uh, I didn't catch his name. Man, I wish I hadn't seen his name, but they threw – I want to say to the right uh, corner twice later in the game, and he almost picked one. I think he did catch one out of bounds. The second one he uh, knocked out, he got up. And I thought, man, this dude is pretty athletic. Like He might be on the wide receiver side uh, on the ball here very shortly after those two plays. I couldn't catch his name. I couldn't even refer, refer back to it, act like I know anything. But his ups really surprised me uh, on yeah. one of them. I- you know, it kind of leads us – this game we have coming up against Vandy, man. Um, I really believe we're going to have to get Dane Key involved more uh, in that wide receiver slot. I you know, so. I was just thinking about that. Because you, you know Davis is going to come into this game kind of – this. Is, he's probably had this one circled, you know, coming from Vandy. They're going yeah, back to sure. play. And you got a guy on the other side of the ball, Smith, that carries the ball for Vandy. He's had 40 carries for 200 yards. So, I mean, he's averaging five yards a carry. Um, Swan, their quarterback, he's had a pretty good season so far. He's put up 1,101 yards through the air already. Uh, 11 TDs, four interceptions. So, you know, so he is prone to the pickoff. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, if our DBs can kind of feed a little bit in that game and see if we can get some pressure on him. I don't, I don't know if he's much of a running quarterback. I've not really got to see him play yet. Um, but it's going to be fun to watch it looks like his favorite wide receiver Shepard he's got 25 receptions for 314 yards and he has six of the 11 TDs for Vanderbilt so there's certain players they're going to have to key in on and you know Kentucky's Kentucky's going to lock in on those so I'm interested to watch this football game you got to love when you start getting into conference play it's just it's different it's a different feeling you're still muted bud sorry I keep going (laughs) But uh, the the Kentucky Vandy game to me is always kind of deciding how the football season is going to go, because you know Vandy has always been the Kentucky and Vandy has been the bottom for a long time. I don't think either one of them is technically considered that low bottom anymore. Um, no. You know, Vandy beat us last year. I think it was Vandy's made a couple of upsets in the past few years. Kentucky, a few years away from a ten win season, we're two upcoming uh, fran- I was going to say franchises, but school colleges that are, are really yeah. starting to make a lot of noise on this. So if we lose to Vandy, I think that hurts big time as far as setting the tone for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, it could hurt the trajectory of where you want to go in the season. Yes. But, um, you know, in sports, you got to have a short memory, no matter what happens. You can't look at your last game and be like, man, we had a great game. No, you got to focus on the next game of hand. Right. It's one week at a time. So our mission this week is beat Vandy. As soon as that game's over, your mission autom- automatically changes. You know, your, your, your wins are short-lived and your failures have to be short-lived. It's one of those things like – so because they're going to have to, as soon as they play this game against Vandy, they're going to have to start prepping for the, the Gator team that's coming in, coming into Kentucky. So, you know, you look at the game, you know, Florida and Tennessee, that was a, a battle down there. Florida pulled it out. Um, and a lot, I mean, I picked Tennessee to win that game. I, I thought Tennessee would go down to the swamp and get things done, but as a player step up and they play big. Um, so there's, there's not an easy road from here on out. No, there's really not. But speaking of short-term memory and the Gators already upsetting, let's go ahead and go to our week three review on our picks. 
So as I go back here and share my screen, do 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 do. <clears throat> and I've got my handy dandy notebook here with our picks. Yeah, I probably uh, missed several of these. Well, our first game we both picked LSU, so we both got that one correct. The next game we picked actually Kansas State to win, and, we and Missouri got, pulled that out. It's a big win yeah, for the yeah. SEC right there. That was uh, a battle back and forth, though. And now they actually have Missouri ranked higher than Kentucky. So interesting on that. South Carolina, Georgia. Of course, we both picked uh, Georgia on that one. I tell you what, that though, was, the Gamecocks gave them a football game for quite a while there. And I'll be honest with you, uh, watching that game, I believe Georgia is susceptible to the loss this season. There, yeah. I don't think there's so much disparity right now in these teams. I I could see some crazy things happening this year. See, I'm gonna take a second. Well, I might get a little uh, sidetracked on this, Mark, but we're we're doing this. <clears throat> this is one reason why I actually enjoy doing podcasts with sports. Because you get sports media, social media, and other things that cover sports news, we'll say that, that are so predictable on almost how they're going to say things that it gets on my nerves. South Carolina played Georgia pretty good for a long time. They held their own with them for a while, and Georgia came through. Uh, they held and that on game was at Georgia. Even and at that. Georgia. And I heard, I don't know if it's just where I'm mindful of this and I pay attention to this stuff now, but the very first uh, commentary of talking about that game, you know, going to the highlights, what do you think of this? And this guy was on the ESPN calling them out and said, what do you think of the Georgia-South Carolina game? And the guy said, I'll tell you this, I learned this, Georgia is the real deal now. And I'm like, how – how did this game against South Carolina in Georgia, the game that they were supposed to blow out, make them now understand, make you understand now that they're the real deal? It's only because they're number one. It's because they held on and won. It's it's almost like I'm going to say scripted out for them to be like, hey, we've got to blow up uh, Georgia as much as possible because they held on and won this game. And that stuff gets on our nerves after a while. Why can't we say – Hey, Georgia had a bad game. South Carolina capitalized on it and stuck with the the number one team in the nation for quite a while and gave them a scare. That was an awesome game. Well, and call it what it really is, but then it's like, man, Georgia's the real deal now because they held on, they overcame the adversity, and went on to the promised land and won. They are going to win the national championship now. Like, can we just I'll not be, make it all about this hot stuff? I just call things like it is. You know, I I – Georgia's a great football program. They're they're a great team, no doubt yeah, about course. it. Like, they deserve the number one ranking right now. But what right. I'm saying is I saw some weaknesses in their game that I felt like the Gamecocks were able to exploit. And, yeah, I agree. and something like, you know, we talk about they're going to have to watch film. They're going to have to clean it up. You know, and I'm not an X's and O's guy. I, I don't know everything going on. You know, I play basketball. I, play, I think I played football in junior high for one year. It's not like I know a lot about the sport. Uh, but I love the sport. I like to watch it. So yeah. I do know a little. And if uh, I can see some weaknesses, you know these folks that know the X's and O's, they have to see those weaknesses as well. You know these offensive coordinators from other schools are seeing these weaknesses. You know these defensive coordinators from other schools are seeing some of your weak spots. And they're going to try to attack those and expose those in every cool. game that you play now. Because when you're the number one team, let's just be honest, if you're an SEC team, you have a target on your back. 
I mean, and especially if you're a ranked SEC team, you have a target and people, people are going to be gunning for you and giving you their best game that they can absolutely give you. Now I will say this, I do give Georgia props because they did kind of let South Carolina hang with them. They were able to gut it out and they were able to win that game. So you do got to give them credit in that aspect. They didn't fold under the pressure, but I saw some weaknesses just like I saw against Alabama. I mean, I saw Alabama with some weaknesses. Um, and Chris just made a comment here. If you want to pull it up there, Michael. Yeah, I got you. You go ahead and read it. It's a paragraph. I can't read that much. You know Georgia that. gets 10 times the amount of national viewers. Not accurate. That's a guess that South Carolina gets. A headline about South Carolina doesn't get attention. A soundbite about South Carolina doesn't get clicks. One about Georgia, you're going to get a lot of clicks. So it is one of those things. It's just like anything with media. They're going to they're going to go out and give you what what's going to give you the attention, what's going to give you the clicks. I mean, that's national news. That's what they do. Like they change from one story to another. I think it was Bill Ingvall talked about it one time. It's so random because they, they can just be like, they can be like talking about something random and like say the rent, the head was found in the elevator shaft and then turn around and be like, good news for egg lovers. And like, they just change from one topic to another, trying to grab your attention and keep you guessing. So, a lot of these big time, I mean, we're not going to do that. We're just going to call these games like what we think happened. I mean, it's – I'm going to call things – call a spade a spade. You know what I mean? If if, if I see something that I, I think – and like I said, I saw some weaknesses. I just – I don't feel like their quarterback is as good as they they think he is, if that makes sense. I mean, uh, you're still muted, Mikey. <laughs> you keep forgetting to unmute. But – I saw some weaknesses, so. But I we said, can move on. What, what, what were the other guys? There's hop yet. I like Johnny's comment here. Oh, you want to bring it in? that up real quick. Gotcha. Said, I actually picked the Gators to beat them nasty T-Vols. My dad was a huge fan of the Gators and Kentucky Wildcats when he was alive. And a long time ago, he used to have a Gators polo shirt and green. I've been continuing on cheering on his favorite teams as well as my favorite teams. That's awesome, man. Very good. Awesome. Um, I'll be honest with you. I didn't think Florida was going to win that one. You, Johnny, you're the only one. But uh, congratulations. I'm glad your team won. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. We had some uh, friends, Stricklands, I think. They were split. They were at the game. Uh, I want to say one of the Stricklands were in a uh, Florida jersey and the rest were in Tennessee. But, Chris, I hope you're still in here because I 100% agree with the click clickbait is what it is. And I want to ask you guys' opinion on this. And please comment. I see there's seven viewers right now live with us. And I want to know how you guys feel about this because I know I'm probably alone on this. But I watched a video on Saturday, and it was of our boy, Mark Lawson, Mark Everett Lawson, who we like, of Deion Sanders, walking down the end zone with his shades on, his cap on, and his hood on. And he was just loving all the life walking down it cameras bodyguards all around him and the crowd was seriously very loud i was like oh man like colorado is popping for this game okay took his hood back took his glasses off looked around smiled put him back on put his hood on and walked that was the clip but i'm telling you since i've been trying to pay attention to these these clickbait stories i heard the noise and i was like and i thought that was loud and so i looked to see how the attendance looked and the stands were not nearly as full as the, the sound that they were making. And that is what is getting on my nerves on some of this. <laughs> I love Deion Sanders. 
and I love what he is doing for college football. I'm saying that I I like it. I tell you what I've loved about it. He's not afraid to talk about God either. That's what I love about it. Of course. But I feel like the media is trying to blow it up so much and make it more than what it is. Not the God thing. Blow that up, obviously. But the, the team is good. Don't get me wrong. Not saying anything bad about the team. His boy is good. The the players are good. But we already talking like nationally ranked, nationally advertised games. Everything on ESPN.com has something. College has Colorado in it now, and Deion Sanders is going on. Like, well, I mean, you see his face everywhere now. He's almost yeah. like. You know, you used to see Nick Saban everywhere for Alabama. Yeah. Well, but since in, in Coach basketball terms, come up, it's, it it's, used to be Coach K on everything. You know, it yeah. was just Duke or Coach K. Like, there's other teams out there, and these boys, young men, deserve, I think, just as much credit to be seen as much. I'm not saying Deion's taking it from his players. I'm saying other teams that need as much hype as what Colorado is getting. So am I the only person that is getting tired of the Colorado hop a little bit? I enjoy it, and I like that it's players-oriented, but they're faking it just a little bit. Watch next time you see a video. See how the fans look compared to what they're bringing in the, the, COVID, the COVID crowd. You remember how they used to do that? Yes, the arenas for COVID, and they bring in the noise. Like they were doing a production on that video. So I'm almost like, hey, be real. That's what I want. ESPN and sports media to be just be real with us. Here's the thing, I love it just because I like I like Dion. He won a Super Bowl with my Cowboys. Um, like Chris said, I'm not cheering against them, but I am looking forward to them being brought down a notch. Because here's the thing, that's where like I'm at. Said, I guess, they have some good talent. They really do. I think Smoke, who used to play for Kentucky, he went to Colorado. Yeah, and I think he's carried the ball like once. Like, so he, he went there thinking he was going to – I think he's more of a special teams guy at the moment because he fell down the depth chart. Hmm. Uh, someone else went with him. I don't even remember who it was, but I'm pretty sure he fell down the depth chart as well. So, uh, here's the thing. I'm just going to say it, and people aren't going to like it. You put that team – and I get uh, – who was it they beat week one? Was it, uh, They upset T- somebody. TCU. It was a ranked team. Well, but it was a TCU – I just don't see, see a team. Let me go and share, and I can look because, I mean. Anyway, I'm just saying it was TCU. Chris told us there. Um, I just don't see them matching up well against some teams. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. I, I just – they're very athletic. They have some guys that can make some crazy plays. Um, but – and, I mean, I can see them being in the top 25, but – I don't know that – I don't know. Let's be real. I mean, that's what I want us to be, Israel. I'm not taking anything from them because until we see them against it, we can't really assess it. And I'll be honest. When you get a win your first week against a ranked team, that's great. But let's be honest. Preseason rankings, they mean nothing until you get out there – the, the games are made to be played, right? Yeah. So they, they don't mean anything. So I like – it's kind of like putting your foot to the fire. You, I want to see – I want to see what happens when they go up against an SEC team like Tennessee, uh, Georgia, 
Alabama, Kentucky. I, I'd like to see what they look like against a team like that. I'm not like, saying we beat them. Alabama beat them. Is Dion a coaching genius? Because we yeah. have no history he's a of good recruiter. Let's just be honest. We know he's a good recruiter. Okay. Uh, he's already. I think he's already grabbed the number one cornerback for next year. So, like, he gets these athletic guys that can kind of play both sides of the ball. Um, well, think- but here's my thing, and I'm not. I'm not dogging it. I promise you, I'm not being mean. I'm not coming at it negatively. But if you are a high school player and you turn on ESPN and all you see is Deion Sanders and, and the swag that he brings, which is wonderful, and how much coverage Colorado is on there, wouldn't you want to go there? Like yep. ESPN is helping some of these recruits too with this. Yeah. So, again, I'm not trying to root. I'm going to say the way Chris said it. I'm not cheering against them. I'm just saying, like, the hype is way up there, man. Like, d- this is – third, fourth year that we know Deion Sanders has coached college level. And and we really think that, like, he's the next Saban? Like, I mean, if he's this good, he doesn't stay in Colorado long, does he? Yeah, well, that's what you got to wonder. I mean, it's it's one of those you got to kind of wait and see. Because it's still, it's Colorado, guys. Like, the end of the day – not many recruits are really going to want to go to Colorado for college, I don't think. I well, mean, it's beautiful. I don't want to move there, but. Now they do. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine being, I mean, being a, a high school it player saying you're going to go play for Deion Sanders? And I'm, I'm like Chris. Chris just said I think he's a heck of a motivator, which is what I think is required for a head football coach. He does do that. I think he really gets – he and, like, one thing, I, I remember seeing a story where he actually – it's not about yelling with him. He goes out there motivating. Like, he hugged the guy. The guy was having a rough first part of the game, went out there and gave him a hug, said, come on, man, you're good. Like, players respond to different things. Some players, they want you to get in their crawl. They want you to, like, just ugh, get them fired up. Other players, yeah, other players, they don't like that as much. So, I think he is a good head coach in that aspect. Like I said, I'm not in X's and those guys. I, I just like Deion Sanders. I, I can't help it. I like his personality because he's – you think he's arrogant when you when you see him, but he's just confident. You know what I mean? I, he was very arrogant when he was a player, and he'll tell you that. Like, he was. It was all about him, you know. But I, I feel like he's kind of turned over a new leaf, and he he's kind of just out there for the kids. Okay. I remember when he played for Dallas that there was a time that he would he would not even go to the huddle on offense. And they just be like, you know, you're just going to fly out. You know, basically, you you do what you want to do. It's man to man. You just do your own rounds. And like they were able to communicate, you know. To, but he wouldn't even come to the huddle. <laughs> he stopped coming to the huddles because he was in man to man coverage. I say that only to say, how much X's and O's does Dion really knows because he was man to man coverage, or I'm just running a fly route, you know. So I don't know. I'm just saying, and and I know I went down a rabbit trail on that probably. Uh, not, but that's what we're here for, talking about the real stuff, man. So, so brings all seven viewers in, right? So hopefully somebody agrees with me. I think Chris is at least a little bit with me. He's not on that bandwagon completely yet, but he's he's watching where my wagon's going in case he wants to jump on or not. Well, let's circle the wagons back <laughs> up, look at the rest of these uh, games from last week. 
Yes, sir, because we're at 50 minutes. We didn't. Yeah, take I, I looked up and I was like, man, we've been talking a long time. All right, we'll go quick. Alabama, they won, correct? Yeah, I tell you what, though, South Florida gave them a game. They sure did. 17 to 3, did not think that. So it was close there for a little while. We both picked AM to beat uh, Monroe. We're right there. Tennessee, we missed. Yep. We both picked Auburn to win. They won big. We picked Vanderbilt to beat UNLV. We got that, that was another one. good game. Went to overtime. Oh, right. UNLV, I got that one right. <laughs> Let's see here. You got that one wrong. We both picked Ole Miss. Uh, we both picked Arkansas. We missed that one. And we both picked Kentucky. So You remember, I was kind of leaning on the BYU-Arkansas, but it's hard for me to go against an SEC team. I got eight. I was eight and three. You were one, two, three, four. You were seven, seven and four. And four. <laughs> All right. So, once again, I win by one, which is kind of what we've been averaging. First week one, I was 13 and one. You were 12 and two. Week two, I was 10 and four. You were 11 and three. You won week two. So right now, I am winning two to one. <clears throat> Mark, I don't feel like doing week four. Are you okay with that? That's because you're afraid I'll come back and beat you. But I'm fine with that. Yeah, because we're, we're, we are running out of time. Um, some good games coming up this week, though. That Ole Miss Alabama game, that should be a that should be a banger. It's not the way you're – it's not your old Ole Miss-Alabama game either. Both teams aren't coming in 3-0. and Alabama has that one loss. Um, I think the LSU-Arkansas game will be a good game. Uh, I think Missouri is the what? game of the week. The Kentucky and Vandy is the game of the week. Is it? Mm-hmm. I know it's a 12 p.m. start. So, yeah, it should be a good one. Kentucky coming in 3-0. and Vandy is at 2-2. Two and two. Uh, the Memphis and Missouri, both teams coming in 3-0. and That should be a pretty good game. And your Mississippi State-South Carolina, I think that'll be a pretty good game. Pretty good game Because South Carolina, they're a 1-2 and two team right now, but they're they're a lot better than 1-2. and two. I mean, I know they got some wins. They've, they've had some tough losses and played some great competitions. So, um, some good, good football this weekend. Absolutely, Mark. Let's give our score for the Kentucky-Vandy game. Oh, man. I hate doing this because I never get it right. Um, well, it's impossible. I will say, as far as bets, they're saying Kentucky should win by 14 points. I'm going to say 30 to 17. 30 17? Yeah. Let me write that down. 17. Vandy has been putting up points. Uh, I think week one, it was like 37. Week two was, was 17. Then it was like 27 and 30. So, I mean, they're scoring points. Kentucky is not allowing points. I'm with you around that 17. I'm going to say that they get uh, two touchdowns. I'm going to say they get 14. And I'm going to say that we are going to be 38. I'm going to say it's a bigger win for us. Johnny coming in with a big expectation. 57-12. Woo! Bringing the heat, Johnny. Chris, if you're in here, drop it real quick. What do you think the score is going to be? I'm going to write yours down, Johnny, because if you're right, you get an ice cream cake from Dairy Queen on that one. Michael, you heard it. Michael's buying you an ice cream cake if you get that one. I think we'll all be happy enough to chip in if we win that game like that. We'll start a GoFundMe just for that ice cream cake. If we win that game 57-12, to 12, it tells me we've really fixed those things we've talked about. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if he's going to still be in here or not. Don't want to wait, waste the time on that in case he is not. 
Let me go ahead and come on for here. Mark, I think that really winds up the show for us. Yeah, we appreciate all you guys that tune in and talk with us on here. I mean, it's, we enjoy doing this. Uh, like, maybe you have to get some of y'all on here with us sometime. Cool. What? I said, and we keep it real. Like, we're not coming with you fake stuff. And we're sorry we did not have a guest this week, but we hope you've enjoyed your time hanging out with us. Uh, we appreciate you know, it. We had to cough and mute our mics from time to time. Everybody's allergies just getting them. <laughs> Gotta love them. Got those cough drops. All right, Mark. Where can the people find you? You can find me on X or Twitter at mlawson15. You can find me on Instagram at Big Daddy Lawson. Uh, you can find me on Xbox at Big Daddy Lawson if you want to play some uh, Call of Duty. That's about all I play. Um, you can find me on Facebook just under Mark Lawson. Um, those are all the places you can locate me. Uh, be, you can reach out, send me a message. If you ever want to got a question you want us to ask someone, got someone you want us to try to interview, just let us know. We'll try yeah. to reach out and make it happen. Yes. Uh, of course, you can find at all of our social medias right there at Linktree slash Cats Chat Pod. We appreciate all the social media follows. Of course, as you can see, scrolling across the bottom, Facebook, Twitter, I'm sorry, X, Instagram, uh, we are on Spotify, Apple Pod, and Google Pod. So please go uh, subscribe to all those YouTube as well. We'd appreciate all that. You can follow me on social media as MDLawson00. I have a NBA basketball show on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern time where my guys and I, from we talk everything NBA. But preseason's about to start up soon, and we're about to drop our, our top tens on some different things there for this upcoming season. So check that out. MNC hoops. I appreciate that. Mark, what do we say? Do what? What do we say now? Love God, love others and love Kentucky sports. All right, God bless guys. Y'all have a good one.